Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. And when they had come to Capernaum, those who had received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher pay the temple tax? And he said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take custom or the taxes, from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. And Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we fend them, go to the sea and cast into the hook and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take it and give it to them for me and for you. Lord Jesus, add the blessing to the preaching of your word. We won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone said a great big amen. Some time ago, McDonald's promoted a monopoly game where you had the chance to win $1 million. If you took the time to read the official print on the official rules, you would have soon discovered that your chance in winning the $1 million was 1 in 518 billion. How many knows that your chances of winning was not very good. Your odds was not very good. Well, maybe tonight you've come into this house and you've looked at your situation and your odds are not very good tonight. Maybe you are losing hope and your candle is burning out. Perhaps you are facing a mountain of debt that you can't seem to climb over. Or perhaps you are in a situation that is so helpless that the solution is nothing but short of a miracle. Or maybe your situation may be so impossible that it is hard for you to imagine that even God himself could possibly meet your need. I've come all the way from Joplin to let you know tonight that when God gets involved in your situation, it doesn't matter what the odds are that are stacked against you. Because when God gets involved, there is a possibility of a miracle. It doesn't matter what Las Vegas says your odds are. It doesn't matter what so-called expert says your chances are. Because when God gets involved, He will turn your mourning into dancing. He will turn your sorrow into joy. He will turn your beauty into ashes. He will give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When God gets involved, it doesn't matter what your chances are. The text tonight gives us an amazing example of the miracle-working God that we serve tonight. There are four examples, four facts in this text tonight that I want to bring out to you in this story. Number one, I want to bring out the first fact in this story. Number one, God knows your needs before you ask Him. Fact number one, 
God knows your need even before you ask Him. You see, the Bible says that Peter, in the story tonight, Peter received an unexpected bill. The Bible tells us in the story I just read to you that he was standing outside of the house when the tax collector arrived and they wanted to know if Jesus was going to pay the temple tax to support the temple, which was found in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 13. When Peter went into the house to tell Jesus about the tax, Jesus already knew about the conversation that Peter had with the gentleman outside. Jesus already understood and Jesus already uh, Jesus already knew about the conversation even though he wasn't outside to hear about the conversation. He already knew about it. Jesus wasn't outside to hear the conversation. He wanted Peter to know he had supernatural knowledge of the need even before he asked him. You see, sometimes we think that the purpose of prayer is to inform God about our needs. We believe that God is ignorant of what we are going through in our life. And somehow we need to inform God about what we are going through. We assume that God is too busy counting the hairs on people's heads that God don't have time to be concerned about the needs of real people. But the Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and verse 8 that the Father knows what we have need of even before we ask. So the purpose of prayer is not to inform God about what's going on in our life because God already knows what's going on in our life. We pray because God says our prayers bring about things, uh, brings about the purposes of God on earth. The Bible says the affectional fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You don't pray to inform God about what's going on in your life. He already knows everything. You pray because God said to pray. You pray because it's a dependency upon God. You see, in this story, God already had supernatural knowledge of the conversation that Peter had with the tax person outside. Before Peter ever came inside to inform Jesus, Jesus already had supernatural knowledge of the conversation because Jesus already knows what we have need of even before we ask. There is an illustration that I have shared with you in my pastorate several times, but it's a powerful story, and I'd like to share it with you again because I think it illustrates this point that I have tonight. It is a story about Dallas Theological Seminary, and this seminary is in Dallas, Texas, and it was founded in 1924. Uh, many of you don't know, but it almost had to shut down because of financial trouble, and uh, the creditors came to the Dallas Theological Seminary and they was going to shut this ministry place down because it couldn't pay the bills. And President Lewis Schaefer had met with the faculty and, and he met with the faculty and he met with them and uh, met with them in a circle. 
And one man by the name of Dr. Harry Ironside, when they joined hands, he prayed this, and I quote, he said, Lord, we know that you own a cattle on a thousand hills. Will you please sell some of them and send us the money? In the meantime, as they were praying in the circle, in the meantime, a Texas businessman stepped into the seminary's office and said to the secretary, I just sold two carloads of cattle in Fort Worth and I feel compelled to give, a, give the money to the seminary. The surprise secretary knew that the president and his staff was in the office praying. She took the check. She was shaken because she knew what they were praying about. She, she, she went to the office, knocked on the door. Dr. Schaefer opened the door, looked at the secretary, and the secretary handed, handed, her, handed him the check. He opened the check, turned to Dr. Harry Ironside, and he looked at Harry and said, Harry, God just sold the cattle. What is the odds of that happening, ladies and gentlemen? One in a billion. But with God, it's one in one. He knew the needs of Dallas Theological Seminary way before the staff ever prayed in the office. But do you know what God did? He prearranged for the businessman to sell all of his cattle and bring the money to the secretary even before they prayed because God knew they needed the money. And I want you to know that you may be looking at a situation tonight and think there is no way, in, no way possible for God to meet. But I got a message for you tonight and I've come all the way from Joplin to tell you that cattle are coming and he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I prophesy and decree and declare that this church is going to be debt free and God is going to get the glory. When it's all said and done, God's going to get the glory. Woo! I wish I had about 50 people stand to your feet and say, I have the faith to believe for it, Pastor. I've got the faith to believe God for what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Woo. You say, well, Pastor, it didn't work for other people. You don't even know the money that's come in from other places and other states to this church. Random checks to show up in the mail. And I just dance all over my office every time I get a random check in the mail because every time I look at that check, the Holy Ghost says, See, son, I told you to move. See, son, I told you to move. And when you're in my will, it's my bill. <laughs> Woo! Somebody say hallelujah. When it looks like it's impossible, when it looks like it's impossible, it is a possibility for God. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise God. Somebody say praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Fact number two. God controls events. 
that we can't control. God controls events that we can't control. So Jesus revealed to Peter that he already knew the need. But what did Jesus tell Peter? Jesus told Peter, Peter, I want you to go to the sea and I want you to throw in the hook. And when you catch the first fish, you're going to find a coin in its mouth. And open its mouth and you're going to find the money in its mouth and it's going to pay for your tax bill and my tax bill. Did y'all see that? Matthew 17, 27. Cast the hook in and get a fish. Open its mouth and you're going to find money to pay for my tax bill and your tax bill. God controls events that we can't control. Now let me ask you a question. Out of all the ways that he could have chosen to meet the need, why do you think God has chosen this way? Aren't there easier ways for God to get the money to you? Aren't there easier ways? Couldn't somebody else just come up to you and pay your bill? I mean, why did he have to go fishing? Seriously. Isn't there an easier way to get money instead of going fishing? He did it for a reason. He did it to demonstrate to Peter and to you and I that he controls events that you can't control. Peter had to, Peter had no control over the fish he would catch. All we could do was hold on to the fishing pole and throw a hook and trust what Jesus had said. And God had to make sure that the right fish had to bite the right hook. You talking about the right hook? Out of everybody fishing in the sea that day, Peter's hook had to catch the right fish in the entire sea. You see, Peter had to trust in Jesus, had to trust him that no matter how ridiculous it sounded, the question that you've got to ask yourself tonight is, do you trust him? Do you trust what he says? Do you believe that he's able? Do you believe he's able to keep you from falling? Do you believe he's able to provide for you? Do you believe he's able to restore you? Do you believe he's able to save your children? Do you believe he's able to, to, to keep you from falling? Do you believe he's able to keep the word in which he's spoken to you? Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth. Do you believe the word in which he spoke to you no matter how ridiculous it sounded? Peter, throw the hook in and catch a fish and you'll find enough money to pay for your tax bill and my tax bill. That sounds ridiculous, but Peter had to obey him. Imagine being that little fish under the water 
trying to locate the tiny hook out of the entire sea. What is the odds of the right fish finding the little hook? Without God, one in a billion, but with God, one in one. You see, many people were fishing that day. But somebody went fishing that day, and somebody put their hand in their pocket. And somebody had change in their pocket, and somebody took their hand out of their pocket, and change fell into the bottom of the sea, and the fish went to the bottom of the sea and swallowed the coin. And that particular fish roamed throughout the sea, and that particular fish bite, bit the right hook, and it was Peter's hook. What is the odds of that happening? Without God, it's one and one, but with God, without God, it's one in a billion, but with God, it's one and one. You see, a situation that seems impossible with men is simply an opportunity with God. God could care less what the odds are. Are we not serving a God that enabled Abraham the father Isaac when it was humanly impossible? Are we not serving a God who led three million Jews out of the land of bondage? Are we not serving a God who parted the Red Sea? Are we not serving a God who shut the mouths of the lions from the prophet Daniel? Are we not serving a God who is the fourth man in life's fiery furnace? Are we not serving a God who can calm the winds and the sea? Are we not serving a God who can feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes? I believe if God is God, let him be God. And if Baal is God, then let him be God. Hallelujah. You see, a situation that seems impossible with men is simply an opportunity with God. That right fish found the right coin at the bottom of the sea, and out of everybody that was fishing that day, it caught Peter's hook. Because God controls events that we cannot control. The assemblies of God told me, no, you can't have this building. Absolutely not. We're going to sell it. Not giving it to you. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Kept telling me no. Did they not, Randy? Over and over. And guess what I kept doing? And I kept calling and calling and calling and calling. And I kept coming over here and just walking around this building praying and praying and praying. Because the Holy Ghost, I came in here one time, fell out in the Holy Ghost, and it wasn't, it wasn't a CD. Y'all know what a CD is? A courtesy drop. Y'all know what a courtesy drop is? Y'all ain't in the spirit. You're just falling out because somebody's pushing on you. Y'all know what that is? It wasn't no CD. I actually fell out in the Holy Ghost. Couldn't even stand up. I was laughing. I, I was, felt the spirit. I was out. And I was embarrassed because the person who was taking care of the building, Carol, she was showing me the building. I fell out. I think this woman probably thinks I'm crazy. You know, and some and I, I fell out, couldn't get up off the floor, and the Holy Ghost said, You're supposed to move here, this is where you're supposed to be. And I couldn't get up off the floor. I was sitting right here, I was laughing, and some preacher was with me, evangelist, and I kept grabbing his hand and I couldn't open my eyes. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, please pick me up off this floor. 
I couldn't get up off the floor, and my, my knees were jello. So I'm just laying here on the floor, and, and, and I, the Lord was speaking to me, and, so, and, and the Lord spoke to me even when they were saying no. And so I got up, and the Lord said yes, and they kept saying no. And so I said, well, the Lord already told me yes, so no matter, don't, I don't care what they said. The Lord said yes. So I, I just went, and the Lord said yes. And so this is what you've got to understand. If you get a yes here, it don't matter what people say here. You just need, this is what happens. We get discouraged here. If you get a yes here, you just wait here until this confirms with this. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all hear what I'm saying here? So it's just like I've already seen this building already filled. It's already done because it's already birthed in here. So I'm waiting here until that confirms with what's already in here. Can I hear somebody say amen? No, I'm just going to go on right here, right? I'm just going to go on because I get in trouble uh, meddling. You know, I get in trouble. I don't want to do that tonight. Fact number three, God's timing is perfect. Just as we have misapprehended God's thoughts and misunderstood His sovereignty, we have miscalculated His timing. We become so impatient that we think that either God is late and forgotten about us, so His timing is always perfect. Now get this, in closing, Peter went to the sea, now get this, he threw the line in the sea, now get this, and it was not an accident that the right fish at the right place at the right time caught the hook. Because God had set up a divine appointment for the right fish to meet Peter when he arrived at the correct spot at the sea. <laughs> it was not an accident that when Saul was looking for the lost donkey, he met Samuel at the appointed time set by God in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. The arrow that shot by a soldier at random had the correct direction and timing to strike wicked the wicked king Ahab, which fulfilled the prophecy in 2 Chronicles 18. It was not an accident that Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem for a census at the same time when she gave birth to Jesus, fulfilling the prophecy of Micah chapter 5, verse 2. At the exact moment when Peter denied Jesus for the third time, the rooster crowed in the courtyard, fulfilling the prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 26. The well was at the appointed spot in the ocean at the exact time to catch Jonah when the men threw him overboard in Jonah chapter 1 verse 15. The ram was caught in the thicket at the exact moment when Abraham was to offer Isaac up in Genesis chapter 22. You see, Peter was at the exact spot in the sea when he threw the line in the sea to catch the right fish at the right time. I'm talking about divine timing.
divine appointments. So you may think that God is late, but God is never late. God rearranged things, so he puts things in divine appointments, just like he has done all throughout the scriptures at the exact moment, the exact time, exact moments. You see, Peter had to obey Jesus. No matter how ridiculous it sounded, Peter had to obey him. And we too have to obey Jesus, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might have received the promise. And we too have to obey Jesus, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. You see, all throughout the scriptures, every miracle requires something of man. And you too, it requires something of us. You see, this scripture gives us an amazing facts about what you and I are required to do if we want a miracle from God. Did you receive something tonight?